to the Poltercast. It's been um, a while. It has been a while. For us. For us, yes. We're, we're going at a um, every other week arrangement now. We should probably change the Twitter to reflect that. I think oh, it still says weekly. Alright. I, um, I, I, my phone died and I had to reinstall all my apps and I can't remember what our Twitter password <laughs> is. Tell me off the password. Um, but yes, welcome. Um, we felt that our stories are so scary that you yeah. needed a week off to recover every single time. Um, but the intention is to go back to weekly, but uh, I'm going to take the blame for being the one that's a bit too busy. Well, as well, it's just like travelling and stuff, finding time mm-hmm. on my half. But... Maybe in the future. Yeah, yeah. More I mean... Regular. Uh, that's the intention but thank you for staying with us thank you for listening thank you for tuning in thank you for not dying on us well we can't be certain we can't be certain maybe because of our huge drop in listenership (laughs) there was a there was an explosion at a convention a poltergeist convention which we didn't attend because we're too busy Um, so have you have you been (laughs) since we last chilled each other's bones um yeah been alright it's been a bit of a slow Slow January slash February. Mm. It's not the. People said it was always um, like January lasted a thousand years or something, but um, for me it was terrifyingly fast because I had a big bill to pay at the end of it. So I was trying to like push that deadline back as quick as possible, and so finding out there was like an extra week of January, even though there isn't. It's just there's <laughs> more Mondays than usual. Um, but yeah, it was it was slow and a bit tiring. Just a bit boring, mm. personally. Step your game up, twenty eighteen. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about a show I've been watching. Oh, the what you briefly showed me earlier. Yeah, it was on Netflix. Uh, it's in my recommend. Well, in my continue watchings now. Um, I'm talking about it because it's related to ghosts. In fact, the ghost from the title. It's called Oh My Ghost. <laughs> it's also alternatively called elsewhere Oh My Ghostus. Um, I don't quite... I think it's actually meant to be goodness. Oh, yeah, I thought it'd be like a pun hostess. But also that, but then that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> anyway, um... A waitress? Anyway, basically, concept of the show. It's a Korean, uh, supernatural comedy drama. <laughs> uh, on Netflix. It's not a Netflix original, so I'm sorry if it's not on Netflix in your country. Um, but I put it on as a joke when Justin wasn't watching, and now we're on episode five. And uh, the episodes are long. We're an hour and, like, ten minutes each. That's a bit of a random length for it. Well, I don't know. I haven't watched... This is my first time in the uh, Korean supernatural oh. comedy drama world. Maybe that's the usual length for um, Korean supernatural comedy dramas. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I've only watched one Korean <laughs> supernatural comedy drama, so <laughs> I've not got any other Korean supernatural comedy dramas to base it on, but this one is by far my favourite Korean supernatural <laughs> comedy drama that I've watched. Um, so it's about a horny ghost oh. <laughs> uh, um, girl who uh, died a virgin, unfortunately. Unfortunately. <laughs> my, my grandma calls people who die virgins returned unopened. Does <laughs> uh, it come up in conversation with your grandma a lot then? Once, but it haunts me. Um... <laughs> Anyway, she wants to possess a girl so she can have sex with oh a guy, God. which sounds really dark and non-consensual, but that's kind of the ghost's goal in the first scene, but it changes massively, and now um, she possessed a shy um, kitchen assistant who just washes the dishes, and she doesn't get noticed by the head chef who she has a crush on. And then this rambunctious wild child ghost possesses her. And um, now 
basically we like it because the actress who plays the girl that's possessed yeah. has been amazing because she's played both she's played both characters basically. yeah and she's really um she just makes a lot of good choices with her acting um and like it's really fun watching something that's just like on the one hand is so fr- so okay with using every single trope in the book especially yeah. with the, like the romance stuff but then because it's Korean and about ghosts and about things I'm not as sure about. Um, sometimes really wild like things happen because everyone's like everyone knows that about ghosts. Yeah. Um, just these rules come up. Um, but my favorite thing is uh, there's two types of ghosts in the show. There's the go- if you've been a ghost for a year <laughs> or yeah. three years, it's a bit vague. Uh, you just look like a person who's invisible and no one can see you and you've got like a... They put some makeup on them to make them look a bit pale. Yeah. Uh, but after after three years of trying to solve your um, grudge yeah. or unfinished business, you turn into like full-on Sadako... Oh, right. Uh, <laughs> like evil thing. However, uh, the main ghost treats them like they're in kind of an annoying nuisance <laughs> so there's a bit which is really funny when she's like in a flat and you hear this like scratching and she looks at the corner and there's this like shivering dripping <laughs> nightmare of a like korean horror movie and then she's like oh go away this is my place and she like kicks it out <laughs> and then it kind of just like slides through the, the uh the um wall um and i thought that was funny it's a really like interesting take on Ghost yes. dynamics I'm not really seeing Yeah, and she has like a few ghost friends. Um, but it I like because I, I think sometimes uh the whole kind of Beetlejuice idea of like the afterlife has these rules and stuff. Yeah. Um has been done a, a bit too much now. So I quite like that all these ghosts uh kind of trying to wing it. <laughs> but like also they don't have any memory of their life when they were alive. Uh-huh. Which is also kinda of interesting. So that's why they have to figure out what their god was because I don't remember what Yes. They did anyway. And uh, it's it's made us tear up a few times. Like, it sounds quite outrageous and comedy-focused, but it's actually very sweet. Oh. What's the thing you've been watching? Um, if you follow... People who follow me on Twitter, like, have seen me tweeting a couple of times about it. But I've been watching Salem, which mm-hmm. is, as the name suggests, about the town of Salem where the witch trials are on and stuff. But it's a completely fictionalised account that has no reality in it whatsoever. <laughs> like I'm normally very like quite hard on historical accuracy but when it's the kind of thing where they're not even trying like mm. that that's not the point of the show like I don't care because they're not passing off um it's probably the most wild thing I've watched in a very long time <laughs> like I mean some of the characters are named after the real people mm. but they're but not all of them a lot of them are made up and it's just like starts off in the first season like the witches are trying to bring about um oh what's it they called it the grand right which is so like they can release a plague onto the earth and mm-hmm. then comes back and then in season two xena warrior princess appears <laughs> she's this called princess of march she's this countess from germany who's like basically an immortal witch mm-hmm. um and she kidnaps she has stayed alive by dripping blood onto herself from young girls. Like, she'll kidnap them in her boat, and then she ties them to the ceiling, and they have, like, this collar with a tap in it, and she sits in the bath as the blood. <laughs> and then it's got always oh, got exploding heads. <laughs> it's got all exploding heads. Yeah. Uh, being ripped limb from limb. Um, it's just... That there's a lot... I mean, I don't really know how this is happening half the time, but... <laughs> I was enjoying myself in a very gory, awful kind of way. Oh, cool. So it's like kind of trash... It's Trash Witch. Okay, Trash Witch. Trash Witch Media. Um, how do you feel about it when people do sort of the witch trials, but they make the witches actually, like, witchy? Um, I know that sounds really... I know what you mean. I know, yeah. Um, I don't... I mean, I like it, because um, it's interesting, and, like... And I like all that magical side of it. Um, like the film The Witch is, is a really good take on it. Mm. And they actually are very historically accurate as well on that. Um, that's not a trash witch, that's a good witch. <laughs> the good witch. 
The like, Good Witch's Wedding. Yeah. <laughs> I've not seen that. Um, no, I think I just... What I don't like is when they try and make things out to be all sort of almost historically accurate, but then they get things wrong. And I'm just like, either go full on rubbish mm. or get it right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. That's my main complaint. I, w- I was trying to write a witch thing, not about Salem, but like including the trials as part of it. And then I kind of stopped because I didn't know if that was really super inappropriate. So I haven't really worked it out. I think it depends. Um, I mean, I guess the most famous case is Arthur Miller's The Crucible, mm. which, um, I mean, that's the, the film version of Winona Ryder, and he saw Goody Proctor dancing with the devil, whatever. <laughs> but, um, which, Crucible's good, and obviously it's made as, like, a extended metaphor for the uh, Red Scare in America. Okay. Um, at the time, the communists being mm. hired out, but it also kind of annoys me because he aged up characters so there could be a romance in it. Mm. I'm just like, why did you do that? Well, Disney did it with Pocahontas. Yeah, that's true. Um, cool. Well, I'll continue to seek out um, spooky-themed spooky yeah. and adjacent. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't think Oh My Ghost is quite on the same. <laughs> well, they're very different. Mm. Uh, cool. Um... Do we know who goes first? No. I think I go first because okay. I think the last episode. What was the last one I did? You did the the. Oh, the woman. Latoya. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, that's quite a long one. I think that's why I went first, wasn't it? I think, that's I, where last? You, I think that's where you went second. Second. We're so good at this. <laughs> so am I first then? <laughs> no, I think I'm first. But you just said I went second last. Oh time. yes, yes, yes. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot about orders. <laughs> Um, okay, cool. I was getting panicked, so I thought I'd do mine, but yeah. No, okay. Are you ready? Yep. Okay. I'll give you a cl- this is the one I gave you a clue for. I sent you a video of the time warp from Kiora. <laughs> yeah, and I, I went really out. I was like, hmm. Like, is it Gothic America? And I was like, no. <laughs> well, no, because the painting is called American Gothic, so yeah. in the background, so I'm like, no. The clue okay. is in the, the name of the song, not anything else. Mm-hmm. It's not about Tim Curry or anything. Oh. <laughs> Unfortunately, I'll try and find... Um, him being haunted next time. Well, he'll be a ghost one day. Yeah. Okay, so this is <laughs> the Mobley Jordan incident. It's an incident. <laughs> the Mobley Jordan incident. Yeah, it's named after who's involved. Okay, right. So, in 1901, the principal of St. Huge College, Oxford. St. Huge? St. <laughs> Hugh. Oh. St. Hughes. <laughs> okay, St. Huge. <laughs> he was huge. Absolute unit. <laughs> sorry Lad. sorry I've, I've ruined it already okay it's a really big college mm-hmm. in oxford yeah charlotte Anne mobley was visiting the palace of versailles with her then assistant eleanor jordan so that's where the name the name comes from also the Vers- versailles comes back a lot yeah. in our stories okay just can't cut me away mm. um and who late she was later in life also became the principal of st huge's <laughs> Herself. St. Hench. Yeah. The Hench College. Got to get swole. <laughs> get my degree in swole. <laughs> so, the, um, the following story of events is based on the accounts they provided by these two highly respected intelligent academics themselves. Mm-hmm. So that ha- adds some credibility, hopefully, to my story. The two women were wandering around the miles-long stretches of gardens at the palace trying to find the Petite Trianon, which, um, for people who don't know, which I didn't either. <laughs> Me. Um, it's like a mini chateau in the grounds. It's originally built by Louis the Fifteenth for his mistress, Madame de, po- de-, de Pompadour. Madame de Pompadour. Yeah. As seen on Doctor Who. Yeah. Yeah, I think <laughs> she, she had other accomplishments. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> said, this, this story could be a Doctor Who episode. To be okay. Honest. Cool. Um, but most famously, it was occupied by Marie Antoinette, who liked to use it as a retreat from court life. And, like, it was called, like, it's called the Little Trianon, but I mean, it's not little. No. By normal people's standards, it's still a big it's house. Huge. Yeah, it's still, it's still a hench house. <laughs> so they'd taken a turn off the main avenue and onto a smaller track. And then Charlotte saw a woman um, 
shaking a white cloth outside the window of a small stone cottage, and Eleanor noticed an abandoned farmhouse with a plough in front. Mm. Suddenly, the pair were overcome with a feeling of oppression and dreariness. They continued walking, and the and they encountered men who Mobley described as very dignified officials dressed in long greyish-green coats with sm- small three-cornered hats, who they assumed were palace gardeners. Jourdain then reported seeing another cottage, this time with women and a, a woman. Oh, women in the doorway holding <laughs> holding a jug out to a small girl who was reaching up for it. They were not moving, but appeared like a tableau vivant or a tiny, uh, a living picture frozen in time. Mm. Um, strangely, Mobley didn't see this cottage scene, but once again felt the atmosphere change. She said, Everything suddenly looked unnatural, therefore unpleasant. Even the trees seemed to become flat and lifeless. The wood worked in tapestry. There were no effects of light and shade, and no wind stirred the trees. Eerie. Mm. They approached near to Marie Antoinette's Temple of Love, which is... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no comment yeah this is funny it looks like my lovely drawing oh wow yeah, it's very skilled I know um, you're missing out listeners and I, I've, I've done a I'll paint you a word picture of the temple <laughs> as well it's a large stone sort of gazebo thing um, on a raised platform with a domed roof and Corinthian columns with a statue of Cupid in the middle the French are weird mm. Sorry, I won't judge all French people by Marie Antoinette. So. Yeah, she's not, I don't think she's really... She's, <laughs> she's not that popular at the time. <laughs> she's not probably the best uh, yardstick. <laughs> um, a man in period dress was sat close by with with a cloak, a large shade hat, and he seemed to have an air of foreboding about him. What's period dress when you're already in the, like, old, the olden days? Like, they're 1901, so they were talking like... 1800s oh. or 1700s, I think. Mm. Um, well, what, like whatever period it was where you have like tricorn hats, that's <laughs> the tricorn hats times. Yeah. Um, Mobley described his appearance as most repulsive, its expression odious, his complexion dark and rough. Mm. And racist. And Jordan said. The man slowly turned his face, which was marked by smallpox. His complexion was very dark, his expression was evil and yet unseeing, and though I did not feel that he was looking particularly at us, I felt a repugnance going past him. Mm. Not long afterwards, they were actually approached by a tall man with large dark eyes and crisp, curling black hair. I don't know how you can tell his hair is crispy. (laughs) (laughs) How's your hair feeling? Crisp. (laughs) Maybe his hair was made of crisps. <gasps> the dream. <laughs> it's like it's the Pringle Man, but <laughs> you just got the Pringles up the tube. Let them eat Pringles. <laughs> That's really what she said. <laughs> once, you pop, you, once you chop, you can't stop. <laughs> <laughs> once one pops. <laughs> um, he, um, under a large sombrero. Oh wow! International flair. Maybe his maybe his hair was Doritos instead. <laughs> Mm. And he had all the like dip in the yeah. room. So um, that's the dream. They asked for help finding the petite Trianon, and he sent them on their way. Mobley and Jordan crossed a bridge and reached the gardens in front of the palace they had been searching for. Here, Mobley witnessed an elegant lady sketching. In her own words, the lady was wearing a light summer dress. On her head was a shady white hat, and she had lots of fair hair. Eleanor didn't see her, but once again, they did both feel the intense, heavy change in atmosphere. When they were back home in England, the two women decided to write separate accounts and then compare notes. It seemed that Charlotte saw a lot of things that Eleanor did not, but on most things, their stories were the same. They then did their research research and discovered that the very day they visited was the anniversary of the sacking of... I'm going to say it's right. Tuileries? Tuileries? I'm sure it's exactly accurate. 
twills. <laughs> Twiglets. The sucking of Twiglets in 1792. Twiglet. <laughs> Twiglets does sound like a word that could be French. Twiglet. For those who do not know what Twiglets are, um, <laughs> I'm very sad for your life. <laughs> They're like burnt crisp sticks that taste like Marmite. marmite. <laughs> They're kind of horrible, but I really like them. I like Marmite, but I don't really like Twiglets. I think it's they taste slightly too burnt for me. They they are they do feel like a punishment. <laughs> yeah, I feel like of twigs. <laughs> Children. <laughs> yeah, the, the, I had them at ch- at children's parties. Not none when <laughs> I was a child. When I visit children's <laughs> parties, I always steal the twiglets. And um, it's a state of affairs in England. We just we don't have anything else. We just give the children twigs for their birthday. <laughs> well, yeah, just like literally imagine eating a twig. <laughs> and that is the closest. A twig of yeast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We love our yeasty twigs. <laughs> <laughs> Such things are eaten in England. Yeah. Um, so yes, yeah, so it was the anniversary of the sucking of twiglets in 1792, when, which is when Louis the Sixteenth and Marie Antoinette witnessed the slaughter of their Swiss guards and, and the subsequent imprisonment in the Hall of Assembly. I mean, we were imprisoned in the assembly hall every Monday. <laughs> we didn't get a twiglets for it. Really? You don't hear us complaining about no. it. Um, had the woman had oh, had the woman sketching been Marie Antoinette? Sorry. The woman they saw sketching had it been Marie Antoinette, maybe. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. And um, that's not all they found out. The investigations dug up that while. There was no plough at Versailles in 1901. In 1789, there was indeed a plough um, on display in the grounds, where they saw one earlier. Um, the bridge they crossed disappeared when they tried to find it again. But again, in 1789, records show the existence of a bridge there. Mm. The green coats of the men they assumed to be gardeners were, were in fact the uniform worn by the Swiss Guard. And what of the men with the... Sm- the man with the smallpox scarred skin. Upon latest... What? I love the way you write the notes for yourself. And what of the man of the sports? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not insulting her. I just think it's funny. I was laughing for not my mind. Um, oh, upon later seeing a painting of the Comte du Vaudreuil, a friend of the, a friend of the Queen, mm-hmm. um, they saw him once again. With one exception, the painting depicts a fair-skinned man, whereas they definitely stated they saw a man of a dark complexion. What the woman wouldn't have known when they saw the painting is that the Comte was actually born in the West Indies. And what? The Comte! <laughs> Count! Yeah. Yeah. It's the French word. I'm sorry. You could say it the Comte if you like. It, sound, it just sounds a bit naughty. The Comte? Yeah. I don't know. The Count. Um was actually born in the West Indies and had a Creole mother. In mm. real life, he did have dark skin, but unfortunately, due to racism, his de- depiction was whitewashed, much like that of Napoleon's Queen Josephine, who was the daughter of an islander of African descent and had a dark complexion too. <laughs> unfortunately, due to racism. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> we like to do political ghost stories. Yeah. So, basically, they did see him. Um mm. The theory is that the two women entered some kind of time slip and they published their tale under the pseudonyms Elizabeth Morrison and Francis Lamont in 19, 1911 by the title An Adventure. <laughs> I'm sorry, I really ruined your ghost stories. I just... An adventure. Yeah, okay. Well, I've got one last thing that'll make you laugh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you really crying now. Sorry. <laughs> However, there was another theory proposed by skeptics that some kind of female hysteria, including shared psychosis, transferred through lesbian relationships. <laughs> I was like, they can't know. We have to keep the secret. <laughs> Doctor Who is right. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That is an adventure. <laughs> and that 
is the incident that was it mobilize your day incident i prefer that title adventure i think i'm gonna call the episode an adventure <laughs> <laughs> well done thank you i hope you enjoyed it i'm sorry i'm i'm reading these stories is not for battle because i'm always interrupting and i'm just so gosh darn hilarious um <laughs> thank you Welcome. Um, so yeah, do you think it was a time slip? Do you I mean, believe in time slips? I mean, we've talked how I, I, I'm I'm constantly trying to believe in ghosts to do this podcast. <laughs> so, um, time slips are a bit new. But I guess I, I do lean more on the scientific side of things. And I've said before that I think, like, ghosts... I think, for me, the explanation that... I feel it, it might have something to do with time mm. and like just displacement of energies. I don't know, I don't know what yeah. I'm talking about, but um, I find that interesting. I think maybe like, I don't think they travelled back in time, but no. more like um, maybe the place of hold memories and it captured a moment. Mm. That kind of veil is dim. <laughs> no, I, I, I get that. Because like there's, because they, I find it weird that like, some of the people spoke to them but then there was that cottage scene where it was like frozen and mm. almost like they said it, one of them said it was flat almost I find that really interesting because mm. it is kind of like I like uh, supernatural adjacent stuff I, I sometimes I've t- I took a few of my stories from that supernatural book I have yeah and then it, it's like ghosts vampires werewolves and then the back is like Uri Geller <laughs> <laughs> Spoons. And, but like it's stuff like astral projection yeah. and weirdly I found that part of the book one of the creepiest because yeah. I just like did not understand any of it and like, I didn't really read it as a kid but just like I don't know you're too scared of Yuri Geller and his spoons well there was like a painting of him in the book just like holding his spoon <laughs> it was really frightening I didn't find that in like an old house or Uri Geller yeah. spoons <laughs> yeah like a painting hello <laughs> I was friends with Michael Jackson <laughs> He was. Um, thank you for your time slip story. So, so, thank you for your time. <laughs> thank you for your time. It's been very useful. Bye. Bye. No, this is just the halfway point because I've got to tell my story. Mm. When you were because te- I've got three, um, I prepared a few. And when you were telling the story, I was like, hmm, what should I compliment the story with? <laughs> what would be the... What, what, Which wine would go best yes, in the story? What ghost wine will go with your time slip steak? <laughs> Um, and so I'm going to do something again. I'm, I'm going to, um, not do the one I was going to do. Um, so mine is more of a, um, a world building exercise. (laughs) Uh, not really. Um, at Christmas, um, Justin, my, um, partner in crime. Um, my husband bought me this book, put it in my stocking. It's called Somerset and Bristol Ghost Stories. Prepare to be frightened by these terrifying tales from around Somerset and Bristol. I am prepared. Um, and it's got, it, it's, it's more got jumping off points to then research. Yeah. Um, but the thing I, so the, uh, the first place I looked up was Glastonbury. Um, because that is where I grew up. Sorry, yeah. Justin didn't just give me this randomly because of, like, <laughs> I heard you liked Somerset. Uh, we were in Somerset's time, and I live in a... Um, well, my parents live. I grew up in a tiny little village called West Pennard, which is just west of East Pennard. Um, and it's about a mile from Glastonbury. So, is there a central Pennard? No one's ever found it. <laughs> no one can agree. <laughs> Um, no, there's just this, like, small office that's oh. technically in both East Pennard and West Pennard, and there's, like, an armed guard. Oh, that, wow. Where they had to... I'm making a North Korea joke. Because um, there's, like, a room basically on the border yeah. that's both... In... Okay, anyway, so I my... Your, your <laughs> yeah, it's Yeah, it's an Olympic-themed um, joke. Uh, <laughs> so mine is a... Mine's sort of a ghost story. It's a... It's a... It's a Glastonbury selection box Ooh. of ghost treats. The golden barrels. What's a golden barrel? No, in um, uh, roses. See, we're more of a quality street um. family. Slash 
celebrations. <laughs> <laughs> celebrations. Justin Justin loves a celebration. We're going caramels. Well, my favourite one... What's your, okay, this is a whole different conversation. <laughs> my favourite quality street is a, like this fudge thing. I tend to lean towards the fudge side of the spectrum. Fudge man. Fudge man. <laughs> You're a fudge man. I'm a fudge man. Um, I, I've, I've always... I've, Roses is one of those, like, it was not forbidden. And yet the fact that we didn't have it at house gives it this kind of air of mystery <laughs> and like, ooh, forbidden fruit. So maybe next year I'll get some roses and stuff. I think in Quality Street I had the toffee pennies. Mm. I call them, them I call them filling yankers. <laughs> <laughs> um, let me tell my ghost story. Okay, so I'm going to talk just a little about Glastonbury and where I grew up. Yeah. So um, for those who don't know, Glastonbury is a town rich in occult and pagan history, and now it is most famous for a huge. A Saint Huge uh, <laughs> a Hench Festival. A Hench Festival. Um, I checked, and it's funny how globally everyone talks about Coachella. Yeah. And Glastonbury is like five times the size. Mm. It's like this city. And when you and we live close enough that we used to get free tickets, now we have to find our way of getting free tickets. Oh. Which is never that hard. But um, they moved the like, the like they basically place. back like a street. Um, but I can walk there, and so it's very close. We can usually hear it, and it's just fields after field of like stages, and it takes like eight, like it's just filled with people, mm. and it's always funny to think that like Snoop Dogg <laughs> has visited my town. Um, so Glaston, so Glastonbury for I'm going to explain many of the reasons why it's the home of all these sort of. Things. If I take people to Glastonbury, we always do the high street because it's basically diagonally. And there's all these witch shops. And there's loads of ley lines everywhere. When I watched the new Ghostbusters oh, and they so said excited. when they said ley lines, I went, Ooh! <laughs> Um, I grew up on many a ley line. Um and uh yeah, but it's funny because every single witch shop has its own sort of identity. So we went down when uh, I took Lydia down and uh we did every single one. And so there was a lot of overlap, but like we were saying, oh, this one's one is crystals and this one's is elf art. And uh, it was fun. And like I worked at a Subway sandwich restaurant there and uh, I served an elf once or twice. Oh, wow. Um, what do you, what's that, what do elves like to have in there? Steak and cheese. Oh. <laughs> and like I didn't, I, I didn't notice their elf until I looked up and they had the ears and like a little crown. Anyway, Glastonbury is home to the Glastonbury Tor, which is a huge hill that can be seen about from about anywhere, including my house. Um, it's kind of the symbol of the Glastonbury Festival, even though you can't actually see it from the festival. Uh, and um, it's basically this huge hill, and on top is this remnants of a church slash castle. It's just one tower yeah. called St. Michael's Tower. Um, if you've ever seen Little Witch Academia, yes! uh, it's actually set in that town yeah. where I grew up. I've not actually watched Little Witch Academia. Have I you just... not watched it yet? No. I thought you had because you knew... I know. I really want to. Oh, it's so good. Um, just on Netflix, the picture came up and I went, I know her. And yeah. it was the tower. <laughs> yeah, I um, give it a recommendation. I thought it might be yeah. a pure alley. Um, your diagonal alley. Yeah. <laughs> um... So, yes, I've yet to watch that. Um, in the Middle Ages, Glastonbury Tour became popular as a site for pilgrims um, with uh, when a number of monks claimed to have found King Arthur and Guinevere's tombs in the nearby abbey, um, which is technically on the tour. So the tour, when you're in Glastonbury, feels like this big, just, like, hill. If you can't see... Well, no, you, you can't see. I mean, I can. Hamish is... Making a hill shape with his finger. <laughs> to show you what a hill looks yeah. like. Um, <laughs> double check. When you're, on, when you're in the Glastonbury town, it feels like that's the hill. But the town itself is on the hill. Yeah. It kind of stretches out quite far yeah. out into the, into the surrounding area. Yeah. Um, and it used to be completely submerged by water. Oh. So it was this island. Oh. Um, so people used to pilgrim there. Um, when was it submerged? 
Um, I wrote these notes in a very strange order, so maybe we'll find out. But I don't. There's a lot of in Middle Ages and in this century. So let's let's just let's just let's just go. On. Okay. You can you can say witty witty it, witticisms, but not questions because I cannot answer them. Um, uh, they claimed that the tour was actually the legendary Isle of Avalon, um, as it used to be an island. Um, I used to actually drive to school sometimes because even though it's this, so it's this big hill and it's surrounded by really flat lands that get flooded yeah. a lot, so I can understand why it was an island once. But I used to sometimes drive to school uh, down this little road with two ditches on the either side, and then everything else was just sort of water. So just just like anyway, sorry, not about less about me and more about the ghosts. Okay, so. Um, and also, sorry, sometimes when there was like <laughs> fog, all you could see was just this like weird island floating in the, in the, um, I've got a picture of it there. Oh, that's just really like, cool. I'll put it on the thing. Just like you'd see this floating island with a little tower on top. Very cool. Uh, also, did you ever watch Merlin? No. The, hmm. Spoilers for Merlin, <laughs> the finale of Merlin, the very final shot of oh, Merlin. Wow. Um, they they visit the Isle of Avalon and then like Merlin looks at it and then it like cuts to present day and it's the Glastonbury Tour, uh. but they kind of CGI'd it. Anyway, um, <laughs> many people have claimed to have seen King Arthur's ghost walking around the tour. Um, in fact, a photo was taken in 2010. Um, if you can Google King Arthur's spooky ghost tour, <laughs> tour as in T-O-R. Um, which shows, shows a blurry white figure. Uh, it's sort of there. Oh, yeah! Um, this is going for his morning rounds. It's a blurry figure of a ghost on the hill, but... Who's... Can't really tell if it's King Arthur or not. No. <laughs> um, also, I don't know if Arthur actually existed. Yeah. Um, is home to perhaps a slightly more famous visitor, however. Jesus! <gasps> Uh, <laughs> many uh, claim that Jesus pilgrimed to Glastonbury, um, not for the festival, um, when the English Channel wasn't underwater. Oh yeah, it used to be connected. Used to be connected. Um, but then prehistoric Brexit happened. Mm. Prehistoric. Uh, <laughs> Jesus was around in the time of dinosaurs. <laughs> um, uh, when I was a kid, we often visited, um, so there's the main hill and then there's these two other hills jutting out. Um, we visited a tree, um, and it is claimed, sorry, I went to a very religious school, so I'm not sure how no, much I think this I remember, is true. I think I remember being told this at school. Uh, it is claimed that Jesus's uncle, Joseph of Arimathea. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Joseph. <laughs> Uh, plunged, uh, pilgrimed as well, and then plunged his cane into the ground from which a tree sprung, Mm. um, which bloomed every Christmas until the 17th century when Puritans damaged it beyond repair. (sighs) They're just causing trouble everywhere, aren't they? There's bloody Puritans out there being a menace. Chopping trees, killing witches. Um, the, uh, the portion of the tour that that tree is on is called Weary Hill in honour of Joseph's long, exhausting journey. Um, uh, people, uh, he also was said to have brought the Holy Grail with him, um, and he buried it in a diff- the other hill, because I mentioned there was three hills. Did you? Uh, well, there's the Tor, then there's one jutting out that's called Weary Hill, oh. and then the other one is where he's meant to have buried the Holy Grail, and it's called Chalice Hill. Oh. Um, very secretive name no (laughs) no one will guess why I've put this holy grail um, burial mound Um, he also uh, so Joseph also built with Wattle and Daub a small chapel which was the foundations of what became the sprawling monastery Glastonbury Abbey um, which also claims to be the first Christian church in England there's a lot of claims being made yeah. in this story. Um, that's another place I went on many a school trip. Um, it's this kind of big, 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 big walled field filled with 
collapsing bits of mm. it's also in Little Witch yeah, Academia. Um that was all destroyed by Henry the Eighth, not personally, in the dissolution of the monasteries. Got really, got really hench. And <laughs> just went and smashed it. Yeah. Um The last abbot of the Abbey was hanged on Glastonbury mm. Tor as a traitor to the crown. Um because of all of these stories about Jesus being there, many say that well, the song Jerusalem and did those feet in ancient time is about Glastonbury. We had to sing it every day at the start of school. Um, so the tour is sometimes called the Yinis Witron or the Isle of Glass. And some say it is the entrance to an uh, to the underworld. The Celts believed it was home to Gwynep Ap Nud, the Lord of the Underworld. I know him, yeah. What? I know him. Do you know him? Yeah. Is he in Little Witch Academia? <laughs> no, but I did a project on him oh, in cool. my foundation. <laughs> I'm not pronouncing it right, am I? I have no idea. Okay. That's how I would have said it. And later it was believed to be where the fairy king held his court. As such, the Tor Island was to be avoided at all costs. Some claimed that the time uh, that time moved differently there. <laughs> Connection to your story. Um, and if you visited there for a day, you might come home many years later. Of course, when Christianity came along, they tried to sweep away all these pagan beliefs, and in the confusingly medieval way, not by just saying that's not true, but by trying to exercise a different religion uh, physically. Um, So, in the 6th century, a pious monk named Saint Colin... I don't even know if he was a saint, he was just called Saint Colin. Like, if I just call myself Saint Colin, no. That's St. John's name, isn't it? Sorry? St. John. It's yeah. not St. John. St. St. Colin. St. Colin. Uh, St. Colin. <laughs> that sounds like a like a dish thing. Just use St. Colin to make sure that it flows naturally. <laughs> to clear your um, drains. He visited the tour um, and asked to meet uh, Ginnan Ap Nud, the king of the underworld. He claimed that he had, uh, he was invited to his court and refused when he was offered the food, believing it would cause him to be trapped there, as fairies do. Yeah, that's a common fairy thing. Um, instead, St. Colin doused the king in holy water and caused all of the remnants of the fairies and demons to be expelled. It's a bit rude. Get someone's house and chuck water on them. Yeah, I'm going into a dinner party tonight. I'm just going to be at the door going like, The power of St. Colin compels you! Um, Get some tizer and pour it <laughs> Some sinkolin. <laughs> Um, the Church of St. Michael was erected on top of this uh, island. St. Michael. St. Which was a full castle, like a proper church. Yeah. Um, but then, a uh, on September the 11th, 1275, um, a surprise earthquake, which doesn't really happen in the UK very much, um, it was a surprise. Yeah, knocked the entire castle down except for the single tower, which remains today. Ooh. Many believe this was retribution from the fairy world. I believe that. So, I know what you're asking. Where are the ghosts? Well, in, <laughs> seven, <laughs> in 1907, Frederick Bly Bond was employed by Glastonbury Abbey, Abbey to excavate the ruins. He discovered two previously unknown chapels among many tombs of monks and all sorts of things. In all nine... sorts? <laughs> all sorts. <laughs> he invented the all sort. Again, we're mentioning very weirdly specific <laughs> British candy things that no one likes. <laughs> they're just... I don't even like them. <laughs> no. They're like a, they're like a dad sweet. Licorice all sorts. Mm, yeah. Bassets. We yeah. aren't sponsored. Uh, if you'd like to sponsor us, Bassets. <laughs> yeah, or whoever makes chocolates. <laughs> we didn't really shine a great light on them. They're kind of disgusting, but I love them. Isn't that what British people love? Do you want to just do like a Twiglet ASMR podcast? We just eat Twiglets. <laughs> anyway, um, in, in 1916, however, uh, Bond revealed in his book, Gates of Remembrance, that he'd found all of these little exciting new nuggets of... Uh, Abbey information um, with the thanks by communicating with spirits of monks through a medium um, the not ch- a large <laughs> shut up <laughs> not a large okay 
The church was horrified and sacked him from any further um, excavation work. However, his story drew many spiritualists to visiting the abbey. Yeah. One visitor claimed to have seen a row of white-robed figures walking towards one of the ruined chapels. He hurried after them, expecting to see a reenactment, but found nobody inside the chapel. Similarly, tourists have sometimes spotted a furious Tudor man walking around and have asked staff if there's a disillusionment reenactment happening, to which they responded, oh no, he's just the ghost. <laughs> well, in a summer accent, oh no, that's just the ghost. That's what everyone talks about, like where, where I come from. Where is that too? I should have done this whole in the accent. Yeah, ghost spotted, ghost spotted in the town in, include... Start now. A ghost dog, no, I can't even. A ghost dog, a nun, a little man in a leather jerkin, <laughs> a robed beggar, a translucent horse and carriage that has caused a few cars to view, to veer off the road. So people have seen stuff in the local town. Uh, but finally, the last ghost I'm going to talk about um, is the one that haunts the George and Pilgrims Inn. Um, it's built in a very, very old stone 15th century building, which is now a hotel as well, um, and was created for pilgrims who wanted to visit the Abbey. Um, it, I have a, I'm going to put it on the group, don't worry. I have a photo, uh, a photo. A what? Should we make a Facebook group? <gasps> so it'd be easier to have pictures and stuff. Mediums Anonymous. Let's do that. Yeah. Okay, we've decided at minute... 45 of this podcast to do a, a, Facebook group. a Facebook group. We'll do it. Cool. Um, but yeah, in this picture, which is an old engraving of Glastonbury um, from the back in time days, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that is the pub. And it looks exactly like that now. Oh, that's it's like really a nice. big old stone building. And um, before I mention the ghost, actually, maybe I should. A picture of the ghost. No. Oh. Um, no, I'm going to tell you about the ghost, but I have a connection to this pub, and I'll tell you about that afterwards. <laughs> Um, You've so met the ghost. there's a ghost in this boat. What? You've met the ghost. No, unfortunately. Um, I very tenuously tie in my connection to the story <laughs> at the end. Um, but so the ghost is a bit of a legend, and I mean that. A ledge. I literally mean it in that way. So <laughs> this is as the closest I've ever found to the Archbishop of Banterbury, <laughs> Bantersbury. So <laughs> this ghost is very fat and jolly, and a very fat and jolly monk, who said to always be drinking, smiling, and having fun. He radiates an atmosphere of good cheer and gives the inn a feeling of safety and protection. He literally looks as Friar Tuck as you can imagine. Like a mole. Yes, or isn't one of the Harry Potter ghosts? Oh yeah, the um, the something Friar. The the fat Friar. Oh, is that what he's called? The deep fat Friar. Yeah, the deep fat Friar. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, he's he's he's, he's Hufflepuff. He's he's classic Hufflepuff ghost. Um. And while sorry, while I've never seen him, I wanted to tell the story last because um, I have myself sought protection in this <gasps> inn. Um, I'd gone out with some friends from college to a different pub down the road, um, and among them was a person I didn't really know, but he was the boyfriend of some other friend, um, and he had made some like vaguely homophobic remarks, mm-hmm. and I was trying, I was in my kind of like smug phase of just like answering them with like sassiness and like not actually getting angry at them um and i was i was apparently saying lots of big words and he said at one point you know everything you say just goes over my head and i said that's because when i talk to you i aim above it (laughs) (laughs) which was weird what does that even mean but then he got really angry and threw his drink at me (sighs) and then i said which is this is i don't i'm not proud of this but I said, you know, that's the gayest possible response you could have had. Um, and then he threw his glass at me. Oh. And then he um, got very angry and we got all kicked out of the pub. But all of us in the street together. And then he was like attacking me. And the, um, other, my other friends and I ran to the Georgian Pilgrim's Inn. And outside was a bouncer kind of guy who... Uh, let the spirit a, of the monk in had the spirit of the monk and uh let us go in and then like stopped him from coming in which was really nice and then we called the cops 
Um, so <laughs> that's yeah. my tenuous link. And I, dark part is a I like, I like to think that the, the feeling of hospitality and cheer was something that's rubbed off on the people who work there. Um, but that is the introduction to where I grow up. The Glastonbury Yay. Tales. Should make a book. The book's been made. We'll make your own version. Somerset and Bristol Ghost Stories. That includes you getting chased after having a glass at you. Hmm. That's quite grim. It was fine. But I like to... I, I sometimes think if where I grew up influenced my interests. Yeah, I think it's... I think if you grow up somewhere with all that spooky mm. stuff around, it's probably a bit hard to... It's one of those things I think I've appreciated now. Yeah. And like, if I bring people back there. Um, I kind of assumed everyone's hometowns were filled with witch shops. <laughs> uh, I didn't realise it was like a thing. But, um, yeah, cool. That's my story. I enjoyed that. It was like a, a, like a, like I said, a pick and mix. Yeah. All sorts. All sorts. <laughs> Glastonbury, all sorts. Ghosts and Jesus monks. and monks and fairy kings. Mm. Cool. Okay. Well, join our Facebook group. <laughs> when, we, when we make it. Um... That would be a good place to share ghost stories, I think. Yeah. Because I think sometimes... I know we... Some people have said that, oh, I've kind of got a ghost story, but I don't know if I should, like, tell it. Like, what did we tell today? Like, a time travel, like, Mary Antoinette story and, like, a brief history of Glastonbury? Yeah. Um, send, us, send us in anything that you think is interesting of a supernatural or adjacent <laughs> unexplained uh, nature. Yeah, like, you know, if, you, if you're just watching TV and a glass moved or something, do you want to know? That'd be terrifying. I know. Especially if you didn't move it. Exactly. Yourself. <laughs> I know, right? Um, yeah, so maybe there we can have our film chats, um, but until then, uh, let's uh, say... Rest in peace. Rest in peace. Oh, wait, we have to oh, follow us on Twitter. <laughs> okay, so now from beyond the grave... Please follow uh, us on Twitter at the Poltergast. Um, send us emails at the at gmail.com. That is it. Now we can rest yeah. in peace. Rest in peace again. By the way, I'm Hamish. Oh yeah, we didn't introduce <laughs> ourselves, did we? <laughs> 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 we? just like jumped right into the ghosts. And that was the Poltergast. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Rest in peace. <laughs> Mess. Mess. <laughs>